is going on Gen nation and it can here bring you another fantasy golf generous podcast this week for the waste management phoenix open as usual i am here with everybody's favorite canadian tyler tambaline tyler what is up what is up my friend my my korean friend we got canadians and koreans week here we, we always talk about it when we get down to the desert so mm-hmm. gonna get into it we are gonna be talking the waste management phoenix open i will be there this week with the entire ship it nation crew and speaking of Ship It Nation, I want to remind you guys very quickly off the top, this show is brought to you and presented by ShipItNation.com. You can use code MAYO to get 10% off any package over there. Another huge PGA week. We had another member pick up a Fantasy Golf World Championship seat. We had a $30,000 and $20,000 day in the showdown streets over the weekend, even though the tournament got cut short. Uh, Hoop won $10,000. Some members won $5,000, $6,000, $1,200. The Discord was full of it, so check out ShipItNation.com. We got NBA, NHL, MMA is 10 more straight weeks in a row. We've got MLB just around the corner, but lots going on. Kenny, uh, interesting week. I mean, the, the PGA knew about the weather all week. We waited around for it, like just some ridiculous stuff. There was live golf we could talk about on Sunday. There was, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take some hits on that, I'm sure, but that's fine. The Wyndham Clark win with the betting scenario of like you could bet on him after, but it's obviously voided if you bet it after the, the round ends, like almost all the books have that in the rules. So it's just really interesting stuff we could talk about. Where where did you want to start from this past Let's week? start with the event itself. I mean, Wyndham Clark 60. Uh, shout out to Vernon Maxwell, uh, at Vernon Maxwell, one of my boys on Twitter. Um, he, his name is really not Vernon Maxwell. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's just say he needs to keep his identity secret uh, because of his job. Um, but uh, he, he, he actually picked Wyndham Clark. Send send me a send me a, a tweet early in the week picking Wyndham Clark in ninety one. So congrats uh, to um, to Vernon Maxwell over there. I, it was a good win by him. I mean, the sixty was pretty incredible. Leaving it short on the on, on to get the fifty nine was sort of weird. I mean, you know, usually if you, if you got a chance at fifty nine, you're going to at least blow it up all by right. Uh, had a boat too already, so yeah, not leave it like six inches short. Uh, well, you know, a, a great win by him coming in from nowhere. I mean, you could see it when that when these courses are not there's no weather affecting them. It's pretty freaking easy. Um, you know, we've had some low scores there. Uh, that by itself was the course record uh, at Pebble Beach. I don't know if it counts for real since it is lift clean in place. Um, I don't know how that works in the record books, uh, but you know. It is the lowest score on that course in its history uh, from the tips. So, I mean, kudos to him. I, You know, he's been playing pretty well. Uh, and at 90 to 1, man, I, I feel like I missed out on that. That's something we I probably should have caught uh, before uh, the event came out. I mean, other guys, it was pretty funny. I mean, Rory started out strong, shit the bed. Xander, he shit the bed. Xander was my fate of the week. Uh, so my fate of the week has been pretty fucking money. I don't think anyone's finished at least three MCs. And no one above, no one's finished top 30 uh, in the five weeks that I've been doing the fate of the week this year over on Cup's Corner. Um, but, you know, uh, what we, what everyone really wanted was to see Sunday play. It, it couldn't happen. I mean, it was literally, it looked like the fucking apocalypse. Uh, like, like if you look at California on, like, a, a weather map, it, like, it was just, like, red, like, danger. Like, the whole state, the whole state, danger. I mean, like, like you're looking at blizzards in the mountain, or like, like ninety mile per hour winds with blizzard conditions in the mountains. 
Uh, you were looking at tornado weather, uh, tornado-like winds uh, in the north and in the south, torrential rain uh, in L.A. It's just California is getting the worst of it. Uh, for some reason, this past week, there's no way they, they could have played. And, like, there were so many trees down and, like, stuff like that that they couldn't play Monday either out of safety. I, I understand that. Now, what they probably should have done is, since all of us knew this shit was going to happen on Sunday, was figure out a way to get this event finished. Um, either by playing the first two rounds as quick as possible or, I, I don't know, 36 on Saturday, something. You know, something. Uh, but I, they, they didn't do it, and, and it really was to their disadvantage with Liv this past week. What did you think of the PGA event before we get into Liv? Yeah, so, uh, a couple of things that were good. I mean, however you get the record, it's kind of annoying. I know when you know people quote that stuff and go with, like, remember the Masters in November and stuff. Like, the records are the records. They happen. They're only playing the same course everybody else is, so congrats to Wyndham not only getting the win, but obviously on getting the job done and putting up that 60. Pretty impressive with the bogey on the card with some other ones. Now, the, the funny part is, I, I can't remember who tweeted this, but it was like they, uh, you know, the people making fun, like, oh, he he made, he left like three or four out there. Yeah, he also made like seven or eight that were ridiculous. Like he had like two feet worth of putts or something. So it's like that's the thing where it does go, the variance of it, the back and forth, but still uh, is what it is. I know like some of the videos out there on Sunday, like that's why people were like, well, they could still play in the morning and they could have got some holes in. They were coming right back off. It's not really fair. We saw this at the players. Few years ago, remember like Brooks and Xander went out, popped a couple shots in the water, and they were like, "Ah, fuck this, we're out of here," and and they shut them down off the course. It's not really fair. Those people just got absolutely screwed. The others didn't. They should have just played 36 on Saturday. We knew about it. There was enough daylight, to my understanding. They go out early, threes off both pins were good, or off both tees were were good, and then roll it out. Like let's see what that looks like. But they did not do that, and then acted like we were waiting around till Monday. That's the other part that made it even worse. Gotta be for the players. You got guys like Benny Ann talking about it on Twitter. Like if I DQ, it's because my phone didn't get charged. Like powers out. Let us know what's going on. And I think a lot of that is what led to the. Well, it was good that they let it out on Sunday night. It did that on Sunday. Yes. Night. So it, so I, I got to give them to that because I mean it was probably like seven p.m. local time over there when they released it. It was like ten ten thirty on the East Coast. Right. So, but but so, I think that played a part in it. I don't think they were going to until eventually it was like, dudes, you have to fucking tell these people something. Like they're waiting yeah. around for what. It does not look any better tomorrow. It's a state of emergency. They're talking about the sheriffs and all this other stuff. It was like, that's why I think they finally did it. They were like, you're right. We can't just keep holding these guys hostage. Let's cut it off. So other than that, um, I don't think- I got something to ask you. Yeah, go ahead. Is Oberg horse proof? Yeah. Because obviously, obviously, Pebble is a less than driver course. There's holes there where you cannot use a driver. You know what I'm saying? And he is the best driver in the world. You look at his- scrambling you look at his approach and you look at his putting not great uh so you would think in an event where it's so heavily you know where you know the approach game is so important uh that he might have a week off finish second is this guy like for real for real like for real for real for real for real so, so like far, he's, I mean, he's gonna be the next superstar was... like everyone says he's gonna be superstar but everyone says that when a shiny new toy comes out and does well for a couple of months and that happens to everybody that comes out and does well for a couple of months. I have a feeling this guy could be like the one, like the guy. Uh, I mean, because I mean, he's he's competing at courses where you know his biggest advantage is off the tee, and it's so muted at Pebble Beach, and it goes out there and still finishes runner up. Yeah. Like, is he that good? 
if you think so, I think you just need to blind bet him. Because the course didn't matter. We, the, what I was just going to say is we brought up the example last week of Cam Young at the RBC. When Cam Young first came out, and everyone's like, there's no way he can do good at the RBC Heritage. It's like, you know, it's a position placement. It, it, it gets rid of his driver. There's nothing he can do at this course. And he came out and got, like, I think he was first-round leader and then finished third or something the first time he played it. I'm not comparing these two players. I'm saying we've seen it with certain talents. To your question, it's tough to say. Obviously, the guy looks incredibly well. We knew it coming out of PGAU and the way he got his card and all that stuff, and then coming out and getting the win early on, all this stuff. I honestly think, uh, you know, it was most likely him getting the win. That's what I was, the part I was going to say right before when, when you were chatting there. The, the win, I don't think Wyndham Clark was going to win this. He was coming off a career round, which was insane. He was playing great. That's fine. But, I mean, uh, like, it wasn't like Oberg wasn't right there on his ass ready to go in. It was one stroke back. And it's That's Oberg one. now. Oberg. He changed his name again. Yes. This past week. And the PGA Tour deleted he said it. it was supposed to be Ober. Yeah. Now he told Trevor Immelman this past weekend, it's Oberg. I think he's trolling us. He has I to think be, he's trolling us. Because the... Because I have no idea how to say it now. The college video, he said the truth. In the first, it was like Ober. And then yeah. he said, but Americans will call me Ludwig Aberg or whatever. Like he was or like Ludwig Aberg or Ludwig Aberg. He put that with the Aberg. Yeah. Then the PGA Tour deleted this video. I went back to find it because somebody else asked about it. And I was going to just post it. Like, he just did this the other day. And they deleted the video where he they was like, we've clear, we cleared the air. It's Ludwig Oberg. And that's what he's going to go by. Ober. I thought it was Ober. No, it's Oberg. He said on the video, Oberg. Oh, and that's, okay. that's, what, that's what he told Trevor Immelman this week. Yeah, he's trolling. And how to say it. I don't know, man. I don't know. Gotta be. The guy could ball. He's incredible. Yeah. I don't know why he's not playing this week. He should win. This is like his shit right here. No, uh, nobody's playing this week, though. We'll get to it. But Fino uh, decided not to play. Uh, Bradley. Well, it's because next week is another elevated event. So you're going to be playing three, four, five weeks in a row, um, you know, with these elevated events coming. And maybe they decided this is the one to take a break on. Um you guys got the confidence, I'll tell you what. Usually, Fino is the guy that just goes and plays where he can win. And I know yeah. for sure he's fine at Genesis, too. I'm not saying that. I just and obviously you want to win the bigger prizes. I just never frown upon it. Like, if there was a, you know, a $1,000 Millie Maker this week and a 44-44 next week, I'd still want to be in the $1,000 Millie Maker this week because I you know, think my chances are just as good, and it's actually maybe, in some cases, against a weaker field. So, like, I, I just look at it like I don't know why – it is, but obviously it takes me ten weeks to play four hundred forty four thousand four hundred forty four dollars worth of DMS. Damn us! Uh, there you go. It I only play ten, if I have a ticket. Takes me ten weeks. More, uh, it's clearly I bet four to five hundred dollars uh, a week on DMS. Two hundred dollars a week in gambling. Uh, that's how I go. Now uh, another question. Oh, and also good week this past week. Cascade Cornerstone. The Hubbard finished fourth or third, fourth. JT finished sixth. Easy cash, no sweat. I love those weeks. 70% return on investment. You got to love it. Now, here's the big question for you, Tambo. Is Matthew Pavon the next Tiger Woods? <laughs> I knew you were going to bring this guy up, and I, I was talking about our guy there a minute ago versus him because, I again, he was up there. Again, Pavon. But I don't – it's just you're when you're hot, you're hot. And that's the other thing you got to worry about to your question. I don't well, here's the thing. Since he's gotten his tour card, he has never shot over par. Mm-hmm. Ever, not one round. He's been very. Good. He's been very good. Yeah, and he well, got his card in the fall, so it's not like he's these few events. Uh, I'm pretty sure he got his card and played a bunch in the fall, if I'm not mistaken. He's been. Very I don't good. remember coming over. He yeah. was good. Uh, he was good on the DP. World and I'm joking, of course. He's like, not Tiger Woods, but the guy is playing fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Like out of the blue, like this Frenchman. 
Now, I wonder how hyped the French are getting. I don't know. I mean, the French people get hyped over golf? I don't know. Uh, they haven't had a winner on the PGA Tour since 1907. So maybe not. <laughs> but this guy's straight balling. Coming in third again. Uh, what, Aaron Cole in the top 15. Uh, I think his MC was uh, an outlier because the course was so long. Uh, I mean, you know, there's some, definitely some good rounds. And there was some you know, a detri coming up top five. Looks like, you know, any type of non-elevated event that he's in, probably got a good chance. Uh, you know, he's been playing really, really good golf. Um, you know, Sheffler doing his thing. Burns doing his thing. Um, so, uh, you know, Tala, it was all right. Grio was up there for a while. I had a pretty shitty uh, Saturday. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was a fun watch. I enjoyed it, but Let's talk about the guys that won the weekend. You have to admit, the live, live, live golfers uh, live. I mean, that, that event on Sunday was basically exactly what they needed. Uh, you know, um, no no competition. I'm really curious to see how many people watch. I'm sure, I don't think it's going to be like a crazy amount that makes people like jaw drop. Uh, but I mean, I'm sure it's going to be more than normal. Well, when did they get like 50,000, 80,000, barely? If they get 100,000 people watching, it's probably a great week, right? So, you know, if they get like 300,000, it's got to be a pretty good feeling uh, for those guys. Um, I thought it was it was, it was was good golf. I mean, the leaderboard was sick. Um, now, of course, there are things that I could do without. The music is so annoying. Like, like either get rid of it or... Don't make it the background that you hear from like some type of speaker on the course. Make it into the broad feed it into the broadcast in like a lower volume or something like that. Because it's just like in the background, it's all you hear. It's fucking annoying. Right. Now, if you could hear like the whole song, then it's still annoying, but not probably quite as annoying. You can, you know, uh fuck around the volume a little bit when it comes down to it. But I mean, that definitely has to fucking go. Um, the, the, the guys golfing, I mean, we're out there watching what us golf fans like is what people, what pros can do amazing things with a stick and a white ball. And that's still the same thing over at live, even if they've made $500 million. The reason why we like golf is because we like to see people do amazing things with a stick and a ball. They still do amazing things with a stick and a ball over there. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely the truth. These guys can ball. Um, and you know, a couple of other things that probably I, I'm not a big fan of, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the shotgun start. Okay. That makes it really hard to follow at the end. Uh, now it did, it's been better now they you know, now when they, you know, bring up the little person whose turn it is, they say how many holes he has left, because I mean, Sergio was done and like Ron had like three holes left or Nima had like three holes left. Uh, I, I don't like that. I, I, I know that's the way it is, but I, I don't like the fact that I, I I just don't like the shotgun start. I'm not a fan of it. But Liv did say that they're going to introduce every shot by every golfer that you can watch. Every shot by every golfer. My guess is the only way they can make that logistically possible is if they keep it with a shotgun start. Um, that would just be a guess of mine. Um, so if we can get every shot by every golfer uh, for Liv, and it has to be a shotgun start, I will I will. Uh, succeed to that i would be like okay fine let's go ahead and do that what'd you think of the event tambo i thought i thought it was great um i i really did like the ending of it it's not like something i guess i will admit all the other stuff like the reason people are watching it was because sunday and no other golf we know that yeah. the, the YouTube i wouldn't have watched it i wouldn't I, I would not have put it on i would not have 
put it on one of my main TVs. It would have been like on the third TV. Yeah, you know I would have had it on the background. I still enjoyed it. Like, obviously, we had a, a decent leaderboard. I wanted to It was Rom. better on the background. With could no could Rom win me. his first event? I wanted to see, for sure. So, like, all these stuff that I'm checking out down the stretch, definitely reasons to watch it. I will say, though, um, the broadcast was phenomenal. Like, as far as everything that goes with it, the, the music, like you said, can go. Everyone said the same thing, though. It's true. It can go. And guess what? It can go. Like, they can, they're allowed to adjust everything. They could add a fourth day. They could uh, as an extra round. They could uh, they could get rid of some of the music. They could take they can they can do whatever they want if they have to do it. Right now they're rolling with what they got. But I, I was fine with it. Saw a ton of golf shots. Got down the so many golf shots, which we so know. many golf. And we love that. That that's part of it. The playoff was cool in the dark. The the one thing I said was like the fun part of them maybe not giving a shit. I do think they do still care. We saw it, and I will say the the one thing I pointed out threw it up on my ex account last night with Rom. I just saw this in the corner of my eye watching the, the TV was he went over to like congratulate Sergio on making the playoff type thing after he was out. And it was very cold. It was for, you know, his boy, his men, his main hero. Like they said, like he went over, he was shook. He just did. He was doing it because it was the nice thing to do and moved on. I'll also say the team aspect, which we could probably spend a couple minutes on two, two notes. The one note is the like, whatever account it is, blushing it or whatever on X, it always just posts this dumb shit. Like, they're so obsessed with it. They're like, okay, this guy was not really, besides he literally did hype his team up with his words and said how good, you know, some of those guys were. That's fine. But he was so shook. I've never seen, we, we talk about Rom all the time and how good of a speaker he was. And, you know, Rom versus Rory on the microphone when he was on the PGA Tour and all this stuff. He was fumbling his words like crazy. The, obviously, the the individual part matters way more to him. The other side of the coin with the team stuff, everyone keeps saying the team stuff doesn't do it for me, and I get it because it is tough. I think they need it, though, because if they're going to go that avenue of trying to be like a soccer team or a cricket team or whatever they're trying to do with it to make it as a valuable team, I get that. But what they need to do is to separate it. And what I think they should do, they already play a limited number of events when compared to PGA Tour. So why not have four miniature Ryder Cup style events throughout the year? And it's not going to be the same, but it's a similar style to it at certain, maybe the best of the best courses that they can get or the best of the best crowds that they can get in Australia. A, a Ryder Cup style event in a place that craves seeing these golfers out there and you get something on the go. And again, it won't be Ryder Cup because there's all these different places, but I'm saying you'd have to come up with something team event that makes it the big deal team event. And even if it's only three or four times a year and the rest of the year, the points count towards something and there's all this, what it leads down to, there's a better way to do it is all I'm saying. All we care about is the individual. And I don't care what anybody says. I know it was his first event. He just got his new team. So maybe he doesn't care for them, but I think it would be anybody. They, they have to talk up their team because it's important to them the value of the league, all these other factors. Whether it's true or not, it's probably bullshit. The point is, Rom was wearing it on his sleeve and fumbling it with his words. He definitely only cared about the fact that he went bogey-bogey and screwed up everything for his chance to win the individual in his first live event. Yeah, they got to change the team aspect. I think what I think this should just make it points. Like, like depending on where a golfer finishes, he gets this many points for his team. And then... Like you said, every quarter, there's some type of team event where the top eight teams that have scored the most the, the most points go against each other in some type of team competition for more money. That doesn't have anything to do with the individual process. 
uh, of 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 live. I think that's the way to do it. They got to separate it because I mean, like, I can understand why people would like it. I could, and it's such a big deal for live that they're not going to get away. They're not going to get rid of it. So if they're not going to get rid of it, they got to at least make it better. And where um, the teams, where the jerseys? I was just going to add this because you just made me think of something. But remember, uh, Justin Rose wins the tour championship. Or, or whatever it was, Tiger Woods wins it, Justin Rose accepts his trophy for the FedEx Cup, or vice, I couldn't remember that year, but why the PGA Tour changed that, which is still shit, and we know it, but they're working on it, but my point is, it reminds me of that, like, there's too much shit going on at the end, like, oh, but these guys won the team event, but they won that, like, separate it, let us know what team they're on, they wear their jersey with their logo, that's fair, and, mm -hmm. but when you get to the team events, that's when they come together, and we yeah. make a big deal about the teams. Yeah. Don't ha when it's an individual event, it's very clean cut, and it's kind of cool because it's it's no different than it actually is. Two teammates battling down the stretch like that is. So how many events does Liv play? Like 12, 14? No, I thought it four went up, didn't it? I, I honestly don't remember. It's, I it's it like four. It's around fourteen. So you know, let's say we do it in. Well, let's make it. Let's let's give them fifteen events a year and do the first five. Whoever has the most points. You do a little thing. I mean, it's, it's got to be separated. The team um, and the, or just wait till the end of the year and make it one huge team competition yeah. uh, where, where like whoever has the most points can pick who they play in the first round or something like that. Second gets to pick or something like that. And combining the two in the same day, in the same like round, I don't fuck with that. It's you can too much fix going. this though. Even look at their schedule. Okay. You can fix this. You pick two of, Spain, Great Britain, and Australia. You pick two of those for the international team event. Like crazy crowds. Like those are going to be awesome. And then you do the Miami one and the Vegas one. And that's like the two east and west coast of the states. You do in like hot spots that people might actually want to go to like an F1 event or like something we've seen work there. Yeah, and, and Spain and Great Britain. You know, it would just Australia's be... big too. I think like Australia's got a l long history of these golfers. Where again, pick the events. I don't care. Yeah. I'm gonna say that's how I would do it. And then the rest of the time, you separate it to it's straight up individual. We still know who plays for what team. There's still a points component that they receive that goes towards the finale of the season or whatever it is to stick with your theme of the team. I get that, but for the other side of it, it does not need to be every week, and it's confusing as shit the way it is. I get why they need it. I get the plan separate it and it will be better i think all right so let's move on let's move on to uh our listener league first off the uh winner of the uh four man who's going to be in our four man for <laughs> next week is going to be uh, where is he you just had him. oh there we go ant balls ant balls on dk is is going to be he picked Oberg. No one picked Wendell Clark. So, Ant Balls is going to go against me, Tambo, and the uh, Listen League winner for this past week in a four-man for prizes and a ch for, a, for a chance to go win prizes at our Tournament of Champions uh, next year, 2025 Sony Open. If you would like to get in on this, go ahead and leave a, your pick to win and your DraftKings handle on the comment section of the YouTube page. Go ahead, do that now. If you win, I'll pick you, and you get to go up against us in a four-man just like Ant Balls. But let's get to the winner of the Listener League for last week, Matt CM9. Um, I think his avatar says Sin. 
Nation member. Yeah, he, I, I just remember that. Yeah. Oh, is that is that is that your ship sin? Ship it Nation, baby. Ah, oh, that makes send sense. Send it to win I, it, Kenny. Send it to right. win it. I was like, I understand sin. I get that. Uh, so, but uh, he won with 493 points again in, in a three-day competition. That's, that's a lot of points <laughs> right there. Uh, he had Scheffler, who finished in six. He was uh, 70% owned. JT was one of my favorites. 34% owned. He finished in six as well. Eric Cole finished 14th. 25% owned. Siwoo Kim, 1% owned. Finished in 14th. Windy C, the winner, 10% owned. And Kirk Kiniyama, 39th, 7% owned. Tam, what would you think? Yeah, I like the lineup. I think uh, a couple things about it, just the dispersion of the ownership. Like, you're going to be heavy on JT and Cole, which you know are popular at these price tags, but then you stack Scheffler on top and then pick it up in the middle with guys like Siwoo at 1% and Kiriyama at 6%. Definitely like that angle of it. And then also the um, no 8Ks, no 10Ks, only one 6K. Like, you're not going too aggressive, but you're skipping some pretty popular ranges for last week while still getting some of the better golfers in. And obviously, it helps to have the winner in Wyndham Clark. So, shout out to Matt CM9, Ship It Nation member. We'll see you in the four-man this week. And then Ant Balls reminded me of the old, uh, what, what's that joke, go, Kenny? It's like, if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. When people try and say, well, if this, if this. Yeah, if my, if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. That's Ant Balls joining us in the four-man, getting closest to the winner. We still, like most people, I mean, Clark was finally one that people hit. So congrats to all the Clark winners. But man, it's been a wild season. I think he opened at 101. He did. Well, you got 90s and 75s out there that people hit on, 30s after certain rounds. It was another uh, triple-digit odds winner from the start, from from the drop. All right, so let's get to these. um, Let's get to this week. Let's talk about the Waste Management Phoenix Open. So the PGA Tour heads to Phoenix this week as the golfers uh, as golfers take on the stadium course at TPC Scottsdale for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, the WMPO, one of the most exciting and most attended events on tour. Expect over half a million fans, including Tambo, to attend this week. Now, Tambo, I do want to go next year to this event. Yeah. The issue I have at this event, if you guys don't know, uh, to get to 16, right, you got to get there at 5 in the morning. And then it's a mad day. How, what time did you get there, Tampa? You tell me. What time did you get there? The first year I went, I've been three times. The first year I went, I did run. We got there at 3 a.m. It was like barely got in because that there was people there since midnight. The second year I went, the next year, I went there at 1 a.m. Thinking I was slick. I was still like in the top 50 to 100, but not nowhere near first at all and still had to bust through and got there. The third year... Up in the the, the skybox was nice because you don't have to run. But I will not be running this year, so you, oh, you can nice. take it back over. But I, I'm not going. I'm not even going to the 16th this year unless there's a hookup when I get there or something. But I, I'm I'm good. I'm gonna go to the DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm gonna be around. Well, that's on 16, right? It's close. I, I can't remember exactly where it is. I actually think it's like 10, but the way okay. it sets up, so we'll have to see. But the um the setup is still solid. There's so many good holes so, there. So like, the reason I said this is because Tambo said that you have to run. Like, literally, there's a line, and they, they open the gates, and, like, thousands of people run full speed to 16. Like, I'm shocked that people, like, haven't died doing yeah. this. Like, people getting trampled, people getting run over. If we go next year, my ass ain't running. We're going to be sweet. We're going to have to figure something out. 
Um, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to win it to uh, a GPP and get us a suite, Tambo, because my ass is not running. You gotta uh, have I'm the hookups, four, man, for the suites. They're booked. I'm so far years old, I don't run no more unless yeah. I'm running from the police. That's <laughs> the only time my ass is ever gonna actually. I lie. I will run from the police. I will also run when other people are running. I, I like if I see a group of people running, and I don't, and they're like running scared, and people, are, I will run with them. And I won't ask questions. I won't be like white people and go straight to the problem. I will run. Those are the only two times you will ever, ever see me run. Ever, basically. That's what's going to happen. Like, that's it. Either I'm, I'm getting chased by the police or people are running, then I'm running. That's just the way, in public. That's just the way it's going to work. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to go to this event again. A great event of half a million spectators. Um, you know, you know. Here's the thing. In the past, like I, I don't think Tambo's actually talked me out of this notion. Uh, but there's different arguments for and against. Uh, in the past, I've had the notion that golfers need to be thoroughly prepared for the Stadium Bowl on 16. Uh, you know, to to get through the week. But you know, I've somewhat relented on this position because it's really only one hole, right, Tambo? Like from talking to you and other people, I mean, it's not like. The other holes are like crazy, rowdy, you know, drunk people. It's like a regular golf tournament on the other 17 holes. Correct, Tambo? Well, it's like the other 15 because it's like when you get 16. That little area there, right? It's a hub. But you can go to like the par three on the front nine and stand right next to the golfer. And there's been been guys make a hole in one there in the past. And you're just standing right beside it because you're, you're there. Like there's nobody's on that side. Everyone's on the other side. So, you know. From talking to people like you, uh, it sounds like the other 17 holes, pretty benign. Okay, let's say 15 holes, pretty benign. I think most golfers can pony up and play 16 without letting it get in their heads since the rest of the course should be a bit quieter than most courses they see throughout the year because everybody's on 16, right? Um, so basically, you know, I put, as the years have gone on, I've put little stock in a 16 messing with golfers' psyche, um, especially when I'm picking DraftKings players and stuff like that. Now, the reason I used to think like that is because, uh, you know, the reason I used to think that people, golfers needed to be mentally prepared to play this course is how sticky the course history is. Top five stickiest course history on tour, uh, year in and year out. Now, normally you would think that that's because of the craziness that goes on and only a certain amount of golfers are used to that type of craziness year in and year out and they play. But, you know, it's one hole. Uh, I think the stickiness comes from People just like this course and play this course well over and over again, just like course stickiness uh, makes sense at other courses. And I would just stick with that same type of notion uh, when you go about this week and not put too much his, too much emphasis on if Billy Horschel is going to get pissed off by people on 16. Now, he might. <laughs> he might. Uh, he might be one that I might worry about a little bit because we've seen him have issues on this hole before. But I'm not putting too much stock into 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 the craziness affecting the golfer's psyche. Okay, uh, just they're just not going to do it. So let's get to the course. The, t- the stadium course, TPC Scottsdale, seven thousand two hundred sixty-six yard par seventy-one, four par threes, three par fives. All the par fives are reachable in two by the majority of golfers, and the seventeenth hole is a risk-reward drivable par four. This course is above sea level. So, you know, all the par fives are like 560, 570, 580, 590. You know, you add the um, you add the um, altitude, you know, bombers can hit driver 9-iron, driver 8-iron, 
you know, on to some of these par fives. It's going to happen. Um, so, so again, you know, you might want to have some guys who can hit it pretty far. It's not going to hurt on this hole, on this course at all. Uh, now, the course is redesigned by Tom Weisskopf after the 2014 event. Uh, he was hired to make the course tougher, so he added length, made landing areas on the fairway smaller, added bunkers, and redid the greens. It looks like he did his job. I mean, you're looking at like 13 to 18 uh, is the winning score here. And the thing is, you know, usually weather-wise, it's fine here. It's the desert. But there can be wind sometimes. We'll see. We're not going to see wind like Sunday uh, at Pebble. But there can be some wind. And a little bit of wind here can definitely make a difference. Uh, just because this course is like not a cakewalk. Uh, you know, it's not super easy now. It's not like majorly difficult. But it's somewhere in between. A nice middle-of-the-road golf course. Probably one of the more difficult TPC courses out there. How about that? Now, uh, now in the previous five years before Weisskopf's redesign, a scoring average was like the scoring average was like 36 best on 36 uh, on tour. So really easy, you know, really really easy. After the renovations, it's it's around the 25th right now. Uh, easiest course on tour. Now, one thing I've noticed in the time since the redesign is more elite golfers have started winning this event. Like, I don't think anyone over 50 to 1 has won this event since like 2015, 2014, something like that. It's been 50 to 1 or less for every person that has won this event. Now, we could see that could change this year. We've seen five straight 100 to 1 or, or better numbers uh, out there win. So, you know, it could be, could be different, but what we've seen over and over and over again here is, you know, you don't see too many um, outliers win this event. It's been a while, at least, since since somebody in triple digits has won. Now, off the tee, golfers are going to see narrow landing areas with bunkers placed strategically. Uh, even though this tournament is played in the desert, water is still in play on seven holes, and the golfers miss wildly off the tee. They're going to have to deal with desert vegetation. Uh, the rough around the fairways has been thicker the last few years, I expect that to be the same this week, though it won't be as thick as what we saw like the last few, like Tory stuff like that. Even compared to last week, um, you know, there were some there was some higher rough on Saturday uh, at Pebble, uh, mostly because of the rain and stuff like that. Once again, the course is set up about twelve hundred feet above sea level. Drives should go farther uh, than normal. Well, the course is routinely in the top five hardest fairways to hit on tour. Much of this has to do with the fact that this is a driver heavy course. As you'll see, uh, this is as heavy of a driver, heavy course as you'll see on tour outside of maybe the majors. Um, on approach shots, golfers are going to see a wide array of green sizes, ranging from small to very large. Overall, the square footage is more than the tour average. Uh, bunkers guard the majority of the Bermuda grass greens. Now it's Bermuda grass overseeded with Poa trivialis. It's not Bermuda, okay, guys. If you if you're looking at Cutting split. This is not Bermuda. Do not look at Bermuda. Do not look at Poa. Because this ain't Poa Nua. This is Poa Trivialis. Bent grass. It's a velvet bent grass. Velvet bent grass. And dormant Bermuda. So this course. Valspar. Heritage. Those are the three courses that have Bermuda overseeded with Poa. So if you want concourses for putting, those are the three, or those are the two plus the one that we're playing this week. Don't use Bermuda as your as your as for a putting splits because it will not. This ain't Bermuda. 
This ain't sticky. This ain't that sticky tacky type Bermuda. This is smooth carpet, pretty easy to blow um, type of greens. Uh, the greens are, and so this course is one of the easiest on tour to put on, especially from five to 10 feet. Uh, the greens are relatively flat, which helps, though they are usually firm and fast. Stint meter rating of around 12. We've seen shitty ass putters win here. Great ball strikers, but shitty ass putters have definitely won here. Uh, golfers with weak, weaker short games should rejoice as getting it up and down from around the greens is not the most difficult of propositions. Uh, of the last 11 winners here, 10 of them had a top five in one of their... Actually, hold on. Of the last 12 winners here, 11 of them had a top five in one of their previous five events leading up to their victory at TPC Scottsdale Tambo. What are you looking for in golfers this week, my friend? Well, I'm looking at a couple things, but you talked about a lot of the stats and everything that goes with it. You talked about the course history. I mentioned today on the first look I do with Degenerate75 over on the, uh, it was on his YouTube channel this week. We rotate back and forth each week, but he said uh, a good point there. And I thought about it too, like just the course fit set up here. Like we were talking back and forth, like course history gets brought up by everyone, but it, and it has been similar. You'll see those guys pop up, but it's just this type of course. I think you said it, Kenny. I've talked to you about it in the past. Like even those years, Billy Horschel, I was there. He was freaking out on 16, finishes ninth or sixth. Like, the guy still comes through. It's just he doesn't like that hole, and mm -hmm. he puts up with it because something else about the course clearly fits his eye or goes his way. He suits the course. It makes sense. We have course fit rankings over at Shiba Nation. They've been good. I'm going to trust in those. But the one piece I did want to talk about is two things. One, the withdraws. We got Hovland, who didn't make the pool, withdrew before. Xander, who withdrew after the fact. So when we get to the tiers, there's only... JT at 10K and Scheffler at 11.6. After that, it's Homa at 9,800 and down. So there's the Scheffler effect that we're going to talk about. And then also weather. Like, again, I looked because I'm going there for my trip. I'm dealing with weather here where I'm at right now. Tons of snow. I can't wait to get out of it. What do I go find out when I look it up? Looks like rain the whole way. Wednesday, some rain. Thursday, really? rain. Friday, rain. It's early in the week, but that's what you're seeing. You're seeing low temperatures. For Arizona, for the desert, you're seeing 40 through 52. Like, depending on the time of day, that's pretty cold for out there. Now, I'm excited. Warm for me. 40 to 52? Yeah, that's fucking freezing for fucking Scottsdale. Yeah, so Thursday, for example, right now, if you go look at Thursday, again, it's only Monday, but just to note... The rain it's... sucks because I thought Lowry was going to be my sneaky-ass play this week. Yeah, so we'll talk about it. Like, that guy sucks in the rain now. Like, yeah, it's going to be tough. Maybe Aaron Rye, two gloves. But you, you got wind. I do like Rye. Rain, I mean, it's not much, but it's enough. And then 48, 48, 52, 48, 50. Like, they're the temps. See, here's the thing. I don't even know if Lowry's shitty overall in the rain. I just remember that one fucking event. Yeah. What was that, like, three years ago? Like, he was in the lead with, like, two holes left, and it just started downpouring. That was at the Honda. Now, the Cognizant Classic at Palm Beach is coming up very soon. And he lost it all. That's all I remember. I mean, he could be great in the rain. But that's the only thing that fucking sticks in my mind. I think I might add money on him. I might add money on him, and that's why it sticks in my mind so much. Go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. No, no, that's good. I think it was uh, Sepp came and got him, right? Keith Mitchell was waiting. I, something like Sepp, that, yeah. And, and Sepp, yeah, like, Lowry's drive went nowhere, and then it just died for Sepp, and Sepp just pounds it out there and is good to go. Yeah, it, yeah, it's the way it goes. But either way, the reason I bring it up is just because typically in the past, we've seen this place play very fast, firm. Like, you, you see that stuff just roll. I remember yeah. The most disappointing tee shot ever. And 17, by the way, if you're going, and I'll be there, but it's a great spot to hang out on 17. You're still kind of in the party atmosphere, but not 
completely immersed in it and getting ran over and dealing with a bunch of bullshit. And you're getting to watch all these tee shots off that can, you know, guys going for the green or leaning out to the right side. I'm going to need, uh, Tim, I'm going to need titty pictures. I need some titty pictures. If I see any, I'll get them for you. From from 16, going to need some titty pictures. Going to need, uh, yeah, definitely going to need that. Going to need video of like the drunk people. I've seen some crazy drunkenness at this event. Like I remember one time I was watching this video of a guy literally walking at like a 45 degree angle. Like he was walking, but like his like, he he was like bent like this with his head like over here and his legs here. Oh yeah. Walking like uh, I like I've never seen people get I get that drunk. I don't see I don't understand how people can get that drunk. Like well, I get drunk. It's what I told you though. The, these are the people. I swear to God, this is legit. They show up at midnight from drinking and start waiting in line. So people are already uh, drunk. That's what the first year and I got some here. drugs to get through the day. They I have, would say that. You have to. Like if you're if you're if you're getting to an event at midnight and you've been drinking and you don't start watching golf till seven a.m. And you have to stay for twelve hours. I mean, you know, D, you got to hit DJ up. Well, that that's the uh, the girl that I put the, the tweet that goes around is this girl that's like slamming beers with gloves on. The white girl. You got to call the white girl up. Yes. So, so yes. I have the video. I was standing right next to her. We uh, no. one of our friends that we were with. Me. I used to stand next to her all the time myself. Yeah. So this girl, I'm going on to my story here. This girl oh, yeah. was slamming them, and that was like she she taps the two beers, downs them, throws them onto the course behind her on 16 as the first tee shot is going down. So the video, you can go check it on my ex account, at Totag and Tambo. She slams the beers, the beer bottles land as the ball is about to land, the first tee shot of the day. She was done like, Two hours late, not even an hour later, maybe an hour later, she was done. Kind of like yeah. overloaded, just done. She had to yeah. go. Bye bye. Oh, yeah. was cheering her on. You, you got to You got to DJ it up. You you, you, you got to DJ it up. You need something yeah, for that type of day. Yeah, if you're gonna be there for that fucking long and drinking that hard, starting from the day before, shit. But but my ass would die. Hey, in my twenties, that shit would have been a lot of fucking fun. Yeah, um, I, but, I was gonna say Sahith Gala a couple years ago. Remember, we thought he had this win. He was playing so good. I still don't did know some how blow on the course? bounced into the water. What's that? Have you did some blow on the course? No, I'm talking about oh, the okay, okay. Back, Get back on track here. My bad, my bad. My mind's on different things right now. Get that tee shot on 17 that looked so good until it just hung a left and went into the water and it was game over. It was like, what the hell just happened? Like He was fine. The shot looked like fine. Two years ago, right? We finished two years ago. Six. He finished yeah. third or something or whatever it was. I can't remember, but the... The point is, is that's like a, you know, the course plays like that. The You see the greens super fast. You see all these things. And if there's going to be rain daily leading up and rain while they're there, you could see the course play softer than usual. I'm not saying that changes a bunch, but then I'm saying the greens would slow down some and situational stuff where you start seeing that score go a little lower than usual. I think it is a little bit different player pool than what you would expect right now, sort of just the standard stuff that you're used to. So I, I don't really remember the last time this course played soft at all. Like uh, the last you know few years, I mean, it's always the same way. So uh, just an interesting note to throw out there, maybe a different angle of approach for this week. Something so what do you think that's going to affect? If it's really soft, then let's say this lift key place again. Uh, like we saw last week, who do you favor? The Bombers? Probably. Not necessarily, but I was going to say, I just threw it in the Discord before we hopped on. Someone was saying, I'm looking for a reason to fade Scotty Scheffler. It's a good segue into the upper range. This is only two dudes. Scotty Scheffler, 11-6. Justin Thomas, 10. Scotty, yeah. you can play Scotty Justin lineups oh. and Xander's still have... Xander's there too. Who? Xander. 
He, he WD'd. He's out. I thought Hovland WD'd. And then Xander. Yes. That's Z- what I'm when did Xander yeah. WD? Yes. So either way, my point being, the reason I brought that up is because it almost reminds me of what I used to say about Will Zalatoris. Where did I not want Will Zalatoris? Now, I know, Scott, he's the back-to-back champion. It's totally different. I'm saying uh, what someone said to me, I'm looking for a reason besides just ownership. Well, you can play Scotty and JT and still have 7,100 left over. Meaning, if you just cancel JT in that situation, it's very easy to play Scotty lineup. So Scotty might get the 35% plus in the large field stuff. When you get to higher dollar, smaller field, the $200 single entry, stuff like that, you could see a 40% Scotty, 40 to 50 even, yeah, for sure. And the smaller the field gets, you could see 70. Like in a 10 or 12 man qualifier, you could see 70% Scotty, no problem. So even if he's number one in your model, number one in Sims, number one in everything, if he's 70% owned in the GBB you're playing, are you playing? I'm, what I'm saying is how would you look for a reason to fade him? I was going to say that it brings me back to the Will Zalatoris days where when you're paying a premium price and you need all those birdies to go down, then that would be the angle of approach on this where you could at least feel good about it. I'm not, it's never going to feel good fading Scotty in a tournament. He literally just won back-to-back years and he's still playing incredible. It's that I'm saying that would change it a little bit versus... If it's fast, firm, and, and as usual, and the reason he won the last couple of years, and the can lay in the playoff, and all that like stuff, that. like that makes perfect sense because obviously the setup is that he's the best ball striker in the world, and it's not close right now, and he, and the field is got much weaker when Hovland and Xander are not in it. Certain other guys also, didn't show up. All these yeah. other factors. Also, the amount of strokes that he gains on these greens compared to his baseline is pretty ridiculous. Now. Of course, it's probably about two or three outlier rounds. But, I mean, that's probably all Scotty needs. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, to, to, to get up there uh, in here. So, he puts well on these greens. And you know his ass is the ball striker extraordinaire. It makes it very difficult to fade him. But if he's going to be 40% and, like you said, the conditions aren't what he is normally used to. Which might not matter at all. He can go out there fucking ball. In those He's still Scotty Shuffler in this yeah. game. Exactly. But it's a little wrinkle, you know what I'm saying, in there that can give you a reason to fade him. I like I like that. I like that, Tambo. And one uh, quick note on that putting thing, because you brought up, we also just had this conversation in our Discord. It's a, it's a good one. Is I looked it up, and it's just a tidbit, so I don't care. But it, it was cool, just the back and forth on it, is it actually wasn't really necessarily super outlier rounds. He actually gained 10 of his last 12 rounds here. So the... The, obviously, to win tournaments, you got to putt well. I get that. I was just guessing. The, I was the like, 10 of the 12 I, rounds, he's not he putted well. You know, so I figured it's not consistency. And, it has and then, to be like outlier rounds. But the second point was the second point was was that uh, you got to remember, though, he was also putting really well before he wasn't. Remember, like, he wasn't putting. He wasn't always a bad putter. It just sort of turned one day and then almost never looked back. And now we got to just hope. For these rounds, but at one point he was a, a solid everything, and he also wasn't. Uh, he was always an excellent ball striker. I'm just saying he's been off the charts over this last year and a half, but he hasn't had the putter with him. Hence, why all those seconds and thirds, and we're saying he should have literally won multiple tournaments that he didn't. It just that's golf. It happens. But just to note that as well in the putter. But give me your takes up here, Scotty, JT, and then you got a full nine K range. JT on first cascade cornerstone. Course history here is great. The guys are playing exceptionally good golf. He's going to win sometime soon. I took him at 14 to 1, 18 to 1. I took him at whatever number I took him this morning. Uh, so uh, 13 to 1. 
I got I got Justin Thomas at thirteen to one. He's my first cash game cornerstone, no doubt. Ten K, good price. I'll go ahead and take him. Um, now, if you go down to the nine K, my favorite play probably on the board, Sam Burns. I, I'm really curious to see how he his ownership stacks up because when it comes to stats and shit, he's like, what is he in my model? He is fifty fifth out of what one hundred thirty two golfers in my model. Uh, so not very high, but again, one of the better putters on these type of greens. He's won twice. He's, didn't he win Copper Red a couple times? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Bellsbar, back to back. Bellsbar, right? yeah. yeah. Or maybe it wasn't back to back. Was that, I think it was back to back. Yeah, back to back years. Yeah, and so you know, so he, he knows how to putt on these greens. He's coming in with a nice, solid tenth place finish last week. Top ten last year uh, at this event. I really, really do like Sam Burns. Uh, you know, and he's you know he's long enough. Where if the weather does come through and he has to hit a little bit farther, top 20 driving distance in this field, you know he can do it a good poke. So I do love Sam Burns. Favorite GPP play, probably going to be my highest owned in GPPs. I'm hoping he's sub 15%, but we'll see. Um, now, my second cash game cornerstone is going to be in the bottom of this range. It's going to be Wyndham Clark at $9,000. Third win in his last, what, 10 months? I think, you know, he's used to celebrating. Uh, I think right now, confidence is sky high. If you look at his finishes, he usually, whenever he has a high finish, he usually backs it up with another one. Uh, you know, sometimes it's like a couple of week heat streak. Usually comes down for Wyndham. He finished top 10 here last year. Uh, I think he's third in my model. Iron game strong, can put his ass off, long off the tee. You know, not the most accurate, but not the worst uh, out there. Like, you know, like a Sikhith or somebody out there who just can't even hit the side of a barn sometimes. Um, so, you know, good, uh, you know, well above average, mid to long iron play, crushes par fives. Give me Wyndham Clark. I'm not worried about a hangover. The guy's had his, this is his third win in the last 10 months. He knows what he's doing. He's 30 years old. He's a grown-ass man. He ain't a fucking kid no more. So I don't care about the hangover. I'm going to go ahead and play Clark as my second cash game. Cornerstone. Tamba, who do you like in the 9K range? Yeah, a couple guys up here. One, uh, you, you talked about uh, Thigala. And this is another point that James brought up today that I thought was pretty interesting, and it was that him and Speed seem to play well at similar spots. And they, if you do think about their game, they they do have that setup of like they spray it off the tee, but then they figure it all out with their creativeness and the putter and all that sort of thing. So um, Tigala doing quite well at this course the last couple of times, third 39th, not bad, but now priced up. But Speed is only three or four hundred dollars more, and Speed pops in the course fit rankings for us over at Shiba Nation. So. I've got interest in him, uh, you know, 6th, 4th, ninth, 7th. Some of his results here this course, stats-wise, he's fine. And then you look at the fact of, you know, just what he's been doing lately before this past week was whatever. He didn't come through, but there was another round to be at. Who knows what would have happened if he, if he played that last round on a day where you could see him sneak through and maybe get a top 20 and we'd be talking different stuff here. He came 39th, but before that, 3rd and 6th. So I like Speed. I like Sungjae. Uh, I'm always a Sungjae truther, so I'm going to be in on him. So probably Burns, Spieth, Sungjae, Thigala would be like the four guys that pop early for me, uh, at least here. People, I, I think, are mentioning Fitzpatrick. He's got a 10th and a 29th here the last couple of years, but I'm going to stick strong to those other four guys for right now. I think I might play Cam Young this week. I think I might do it. What's the uh, thing? The thing, the thing about him, like once from 175 up, you're going to have a lot of approach shots. From 175 to 200, 200 plus. Uh, at this course with the par threes, with the th with the three par fives, you're going to have those, uh, you know, 200 plus. You're going to have a lot of drives from 170, or the, a lot of tee shots from 175 to 200. You know, his iron game is not great, but 
those are his two best proximities. 175 to 200, 200 plus. Um, you know, if it gets rainy out there and it doesn't get the roll, you know his ass could pound it out there farther than every other human being almost on Earth. Yeah, I don't no one's really gonna play love it as much, but I, I no get one's it. gonna play him, right? What do you single digit ownership, right? You'd have to Pick think it's, it's gotta be low, yeah. Yeah, gotta be single digit ownership. I think I don't mind using him uh as some type of leverage play against somebody who is gonna be popular uh in that nine K range, maybe either a Sungjae or a Spieth or a Burns. I, I don't want I think I'm gonna go ahead and take the risk this I, week. I think just Canada. a quick note on that too. I think young and Clark, both, you liked Clark quite a bit too. They, they both should be low-owned because we're going to get into it. I'll let you take it away. But Hostin down to Hadwin, Hostin and Benny Ann are popping early as candidates for higher ownership here in this range. So uh, Hostin obviously just been doing his thing. You could talk about that. But like Benny Ann pops here at 8,800. And then some of the guys in the lower eights, fine. But I, I do think there's a potential. Those guys in that uh, sort of Fitzpatrick, even maybe Sungjae, Young, Figala, Clark, all that range before Poston could be lower owned. So if you like Clark and Young, you should put those guys in your lineups. It's automatic leverage. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, going down to the AK range, Tambo, I mean, are those your guys or what's up? I just, I noticed them pop right away. Like Poston and Benny Ann are going to be two guys I think get pretty popular. Poston's been on a tear. 5th, 6th, 11th, 20th. He's been fine here. Last year missed the cup. Before that, 11th and 23rd. Stats-wise, he pops. Like, everything's going to be fine for him. So I, th I think these guys will be the popular ones. Tom Kim, Eric Cole, and then Adam Scott, who I, I like too. I'll talk about him later. So Adam Scott, I'll talk about right now. Actually, the, the my angle on him is what I always say, Kenny, and the field actually got even worse when you talk about Xander and Hovland bailing. But I like Adam Scott in fields that aren't as strong. And I know what a lot of people were leaning on to start the week was that there was six of the top 10 in the world here and blah, blah, blah. But like, what, I mean, first of all, two of them are out, like uh, Hovland and X. Second of all, it drops off a cliff after that to me. We know all these guys and we know we can make a case for all these guys, but I still like Scott. And Scott was before last week. I think he finished 20th still, but it was fifth, sixth, fourth, seventh. And also he only really played here a year ago or the year before last and got 38th. It was like whatever. But this field, I'm more than fine going to him at 8,300. You've got the course history truthers, Hideki and Ricky, who makes sense. Hadwin playing in the desert, always pretty solid. So off the top of my head, I, I think the bottom looks a little bit more appealing. Go back to the well on pole. Play your uh, play Adam Hadwin. I like him. And then if you want to play, uh, you know, Fowler, Hideki, one of those guys, uh, Tom Kim, someone in there. I think you got your tournament plays that you can get behind that won't have much ownership at all. So I, I actually like the lower 8K range more than the upper, even though Austin and Ann pop off the page. Pretty obvious. Yeah, I'll just go ahead with my third cash game cornerstone. It's going to be um, Adam Hadwin. You know, uh, you know, he has a uh, desert golf is just sort of his state, right? I mean, six of the MX. Uh, you consider that desert golf, desert golf here. He's I don't think he's missed a cut here in forever. Uh, another, this is going to be like a course history pick, and his form is not horrible. 39th of Pebble, six of the Amex. Uh, Mr. Cut of the Sony, but 14th in the century. Pretty good fall. We only played once, we finished second uh, over at the Shriners. Again, that's in Vegas, too, I think. Desert Golf. Again, right? Uh, once again, Desert Golf. So the guy plays well in the deserts. Uh, I don't know, you guys, Canadians, love this desert type of golf. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play him. If you just look at his numbers, his iron game has been fine. Uh, it's been no issues at all, and he's been out there scoring fairly well. Uh, I like. I'm probably going to go back to Decky. 
Like he didn't. He, he played really poorly last week. Uh, I had him as my highest own in GPP. Still, you know, not the worst. I think I got like seventy percent of my money back uh, in GPPs uh, last week. But I did have like thirty percent Lyndon Clark. Uh, I think he was only like eight or nine percent off. So that definitely helped. But I had like forty five percent Decky, so it could have been a lot better if I just avoided him. But I think I'm going to go back to him. I'm hoping for lower ownership. We'll see how it plays out with his course history and stuff like that. But you know, the guy Ball Striker Supreme. Uh, plays his course well throughout the years. Uh, so I think I can get back uh, on him. I, I don't know what to do with Eric Cole. I think, I think I he's fine. What? I think he's fine. I, I think it was a, yeah, I think it's another good course for him. I think it's the, what you said, it was like a blip on the radar. He bounced right back this past week. He could have done more in the last round. Who knows? But he was back in the mix. Uh, we'll see what his ownership looks like, but he got the, the price bump, right? He goes all the way back up to 8,500. So, I don't know. And, and when you think about, okay, Poston and Hideki, maybe Scott, maybe definitely had what I think, like just where I'm thinking some of this ownership go, maybe even Corey Connors, the ball striking angle, like that would make sense. So I, I, I think Cole kind of gets just left there as at least kept in check, which makes him more appealing to me. So uh, it's not like he's going to be completely out of control. I don't think at least as of now. So uh, I'm, I'm okay with this thought process we've got going here at the moment. Okay, yeah, I'm thinking about using him. I was thinking about using him in cash. The, the only hesitation I have, of course, I don't think he's played here before, but that's not even that big of a deal. We've had golfers come out here, play this course for the first time, play well. I think Kepka won the first time. You know, Rom's been out here, played well on the first time. Now, he's not on that level, but, you know, the guys were playing really, really good golf for almost a year now. Uh, now, the issue is just looking over his numbers. Like, driving is probably the worst part of his game, I would have to say. Probably the worst part of his game. And we see a lot of guys out here who are good off the tee, who perennially um, do well at this course. You see a lot of guys who either can hit it far and hit enough fairways or hit enough fairways and hit it far enough. Uh, Eric Cole really doesn't do either. Uh, he's not very accurate. He's not very long. Uh, so that's the only issue I have here uh, with it because this is such a driver-heavy course. So I worry about that. We'll see. Right now, I have him in my cast lineup. I can't say it's going to stay that way. Like, if you had your pick, Tambo, from 8,700 down um, for cash. And had go with? You already got Hadwin, though. I already have Hadwin. Yeah, probably Decky. I was thinking Adam Scott. Yeah, well, actually, I like Adam Scott more. I bet both of them. I bet Scott and Decky yeah. this week. So I, I, I was in on both Adam those Scott. guys. I don't even know Scott's... Um, History here. Uh, so I don't no, Like I said, he, he played it two years ago, got 38th. It is what it is. He never used to show up because what does Adam Scott do? He only shows up at the big boy events and then on his private jet, never talks to nobody. Like he's just that dude. And then what ends up happening is everyone said, oh, Adam Scott's a loser. He always comes 28th. He sucks. Why would you play him? But they forget he was always playing against the best of the best at the absolute hardest courses. And then he would get to the weaker field events and he would show up because that was the setup. It's like the, he's way better than the guys out there around. I'm not saying necessarily anymore. This is more back in the day than what we used to see. But if you look, even this past week, I actually had it up here. Uh, where was it at? Round two gained solid on approach. Uh, what do you have? One, two, three, four, five birdies and an eagle, a streak, only two bogeys, nothing serious. And then in the round three, he gained heavy again off the tee on approach, tee to green in general, three birdies, four birdies. Bogey-free round, left three of the par fives out there where he just couldn't make a putt. He lost almost half a stroke putting. This is just 
a play on the price and a play on the situation. So I'd go, I'd go him or yeah. I, I think I, I just shifted, I just shifted from Cole to Scott uh, in cash. So there we go. Why don't you go ahead to this seven uh, K range demo? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's hard to get a good sense of ownership or what people are going to cling onto here, but it definitely looks like the upper seven K range with guys like Siwoo, Harmon, Denny McCarthy, all, all these spots where people might go. But what I will say is if if you are going the route of like Scotty, no matter what, and just let me get different. Like I saw someone tease that out on Twitter today was saying, uh, you know, I'm going to play Scotty and then it's just Scotty plus five this week. The lineup should come preloaded basically is what they were saying. If that's the case, then you got to mix it up down here. And so it's fine. Like, yeah, there's going to be some guys at 10%, some at 12, some at five. You, you can get your leverage different ways, especially if you're going heavy on Scotty. So for me, just off the top, like Norin looks good. Armin looks good. Uh, Denny McCarthy looks good. I actually wonder about Berger if he's healthy enough and good to go. He he seemed fine. The the last, uh, what, what did he end up doing? I, I know the first round out wasn't the worst, but what did he end up doing? Uh, miscut the second time out, but, in the, but back in the day, he would play pretty well at this course. I know it's been a totally different situation now, but I would take a shot in GPPs, uh, Grio, maybe Harris English. Like, I'm not playing all these. I was giving some ideas, but the ones I liked were the first ones I mentioned up top, like Norin, Harmon, McCarthy, and then maybe Berger. That's sort of the three or four that stood out early on in the week here. My favorite play up here is Ask Axe. Okay, Akshay. I always say his name wrong. I think it's Ashtray, but whatever. Akshay uh, is, is, is my favorite play. He's going to be one of my highest owned here. Uh, his, you know, he's not the best iron player, but he's gained something like eight strokes with his irons in his last two recorded recorded events with strokes gained. Um, his, his best quality is off the tee. And if you're a bomber, if you're a baller off the tee at this course, it's usually a good first step. Uh, the thing is, like, He's 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 long and he's not like inaccurate. He's pretty fucking accurate for as long as he is. I think if you look uh in the last 50 rounds, I mean he's probably the longest and most accurate when you combine the two in the whole field. Um, so uh, you know, and he crushes par fives. Uh, you know, that's gonna be big this week. I, I really like Axjack. Um I bet him I think 50 to 1, but I took eight places. You could probably get him like 6570 without the places. Uh so I uh, really like him. Probably one of my favorite plays right behind Burns this week for GPPs. I uh, love love these two guys. Um Detry, the guy's just been playing really good golf. I mean he's just top of the leaderboard uh you know week in week out it seems like it seems like it's close. Uh you know it took I know Feinberg calls him the European Finau, you know, it took Finau a little bit of time to get that victory uh, after that first one he had uh, in Puerto Rico, which, you know, many people don't even count uh, because it took so long to get a second one. You know, I think he, I think he, he's viable uh, this week. Definitely. Detry, who do you like in this bottom range? Uh, some of the guys early on, Kevin, you, I might just be done fading this guy and he can really, to me, he almost, it's, it's like, a, I'm not comparing these guys, but just to know what I was saying earlier on Spieth. One of the points I wanted to make on speed, if I didn't make it earlier, was that he kind of showed up no matter what in this situation. Even in his bad years, things like that, like speed was still playing good at this course, still fit it, could do different angles. Whether it's good weather, bad weather, I'm okay with speed. Speed can make enough putts if it ends up being rainy and wet or and less fast and firm. But Kevin Yu, I think, kind of fits the same, but might get even better if it is a little bit less fast and firm, right? Like he could definitely fire at pins, he can score, he can get hot with the putter. You just have to hope that he does. 
And so guys like Hoagie, him, um, maybe Taylor Montgomery can make enough putts in in this range. You talked about Billy Horschel earlier. Uh, the Ship It Nation crew wants me to talk about EVR no matter what. EVR has been on a tear for his last eight events. So if you want to go to him, that's up to you, Aaron Rye. If you think, it again, I would probably like Aaron Rye more if it was fast and firm. I know people say two gloves. I'd rather it be wet and rainy, but nothing really to do with that. I still think he's going to make enough birdies. So if it's going to be a higher scoring event, I would actually be okay. With him, Michael Kim has been playing some good golf. And of course, he gets the mayo bump. If you guys haven't checked that out, this is a show. on That was the a great show. Really good, Real good show. show. Great guest. Uh, ton of respect for him just going on and talking about anything and everything. Just love to see that. So that was nice. And then Kuchar. Is another guy down here at seven thousand that we can we can go to. I think so. Kuchar, Kuchar, I... one of the better putters on these type of greens. Yeah, Same so. with uh, Taylor Montgomery, uh, pretty good on these type of greens. Uh, my final cash game cornerstone is going to be Mark Hubbard. Again, came in fourth last week. The guy's playing exceptional golf. Really good course history here for that sheet. Just put him in my cash lineup, no problem. So my cash game cornerstones this week are going to be Justin Thomas. At ten thousand dollars, um, Wyndham Clark at nine thousand dollars, Adam Hadwin at eight thousand dollars, and um, Hubba Hubbard at seventy four hundred dollars. It leaves you well over, I think, over fifteen thousand, maybe. Yeah, probably close to fifteen thousand left to finish off the rest of your lineup. Uh, I think I can go back to um, uh, down here in his lower range. I like Tom Hoagie. Kevin, you makes a lot of sense again. Uh, I got no problem with that, and I like you, and I like Ryan, and I like Luke List. You know, the proven winner now. The guy can win out there. He could bomb it off the tee. Um, you know, his iron game well above average. Uh, actually, comes fifth in my model. Uh, really good with his long irons and his mid irons. Crushes par fives. Can't go wrong. I don't think you can go wrong with Luke List. Maybe a sleeper Ekro at seven thousand. Um, I like the way. Uh, it's driver, his strokes getting off the tee, really, really solid. Top 25 uh, in this field. He's been playing some pretty decent golf. Again, one of the best from 175 to 200 and 200 plus. So I, I like Encrode and GPPs. For 6K, I'll just go ahead. Uh, I'll break it down. I mean, Sam Ryder right there on top. One of the better putters on these type of greens, these Poa, uh, Poa Trivialis Bermuda blends uh, with the dormant Bermuda. Um, you know he putts well on those type of situations. I do not mind him in cash. Uh, he's made a bunch of cuts uh, at this event throughout his career. Really, really do like Sam Ryder down here. He is my favorite play. Uh, J.J. Spawn seems like another guy who could be slightly um, underpriced, really good with his long irons, hits a ton of fairways. Uh, you either got to hit a ton of fairways and be long or be both uh, at this event. When it comes down to it, Justin Saw, another guy who hits a good amount of fairways and is not short. Long irons are strong. Um, I'll go ahead and play a little bit of Justin Saw. Um, Grayson Murray, I don't mind him. Tampa, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, Murray's got uh, decent course history here, but it's not really. like he, He's just, I guess I shouldn't say that. He's made cuts here. If you want to play him, and obviously he's playing a lot better lately. He won, so... You could angle it from that perspective, but I, I like your rider call. I like uh, Nate Lashley. I like Doug Gim. I like uh, JJ Spawn. I guess after that, you're kind of just, you know, going off of whoever you like down here. I don't want to play too many, but that would be some of the guys that stand out. Maybe Grayson Sig 
there over Grayson Murray. Instead, 100 bucks more, you get Sig. But I, I don't mind some of your calls that you had. I think you're just you're, you're throwing darts down here, and it's a way to get different within your Scotty lineups, too, if you want to come down here. Martin Laird, Party Marty Laird. I know uh, Mayo's going to bring him up because uh, you play him at this course and in the desert, but he's been very bad lately. So maybe he pops out of it when he gets here, but I don't see too much down here that I'm excited about. That just makes me think those 7Ks and the guys in the 8s that we talked about, like Post and Ann, like all these guys are going to be the popular plays, at least early on. It is Super Bowl week. It is sort of one of those weeks where you could just see people play similar dudes. The Scotty ownership is going to be up there. So i uh, got to keep an eye on that. We'll have you all covered over at ShipItNation.com. But that's all I got this week, Kenny. All right, that sounds good. My bets for the week. I went ahead and bet uh, Justin Thomas. Uh, I got him at 13 to 1. Uh, I went Sam Burns. I got him at 22 to 1. Um, I got um who did I have? Batia. I got him at 50 to 1, but I got eight places each way. And I got Hubbard eight places each way at 75 to 1. Tamil. I got uh three guys that you were talking about quite a bit that we, we talked about that 8K range. Um well two and then one other. I got Hideki at 40 with eight places. So there's better numbers, but I want eight places because I just I, I don't feel like he's the same decky, so we'll see. But Hadwin, 50 with eight places. Scott was the other one, 50 with eight places. Denny, 70 with eight places. And then Baroff got me to bet this one. He's going to be filling in, by the way, for the Genesis pod next week. So shout out to Baroff. I always appreciate him doing that. I'll be traveling back from Arizona, so he'll be on here with you, Kenny. But he sold me on the Scotty Rom double. At 34 to 1. And now obviously Scotty has dropped because Xander and Hovland both out of the field. So don't hate it. Uh, you know, maybe it's a, another way, but I uh, mean, Rom was very pissed off after not winning that event last week. Maybe he can go out and get the job done in Vegas. Maybe not, but uh, it's a good way to get exposure to Scotty uh, here this way as a, just another angle. So Scotty Rom double, 34 to 1. Sounds good. Why don't I go with JT or Burns? Yeah. I was thinking JT or Spieth, but uh, I don't really want to burn Spieth, so I, I might just go JT. All right, that sounds good. You can find me on, on X at uh, KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a sub. The new green screen, the new tools, the new user interfaces, so much easier to use. These things are great. Uh, a lot of, you know, ownership projections, everything that Gup has, he is the master at it. Come join the fam. Get 30% off. Use promo code Kenny. Tambo. Yeah, shippingnation.com. We talked about the top of the show, the sponsor. You guys can use promo code Mayo. Get 10% off. The PGA package has been crazy. Go over to X at Nation. Follow us there. Free to do. Follow the YouTube station at Nation. You can go there. But the uh, the, the week, like I said, it was just another huge PGA week. We've got low prices, affordable on the PGA only stuff if you only want to get in on golf. And you can use Mayo to get an extra 10% off. So hit me up if you have any questions or need anything, but I'll take care of you. So we got multiple party holes this week. Well, one in one in Phoenix, one in Vegas, and we got the Super Bowl coming up. Should be a great weekend. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan.